girls. Whether you're running errands and burning through your to-do list or sitting with a cup of tea while you listen, we are glad you're hanging with us at Sisterhood Today on the Better Together podcast. This is a space to find community and a place to belong. We're a community of women who want to encourage and empower you for all the things, for wifing, mothering, daughtering, sistering, friending, for just being. We want to help you be the best you that you can be in Him. Hey girls, welcome back to the Advent series. We've been looking through the eyes of the different characters. A couple weeks ago, we looked at Elizabeth and we saw that we're never too old to birth something for God and that when we feel forgotten and passed by and overlooked, that God still sees us. And then last week, we looked through the eyes of Mary and how giving our surrendered yes, even if we don't understand, can change the world. And I'm so excited about who we're going to look at today. We're going to actually look through their eyes, look through the eyes of the shepherds and see Advent through their eyes. And so let's read. We're going to start like we have been reading uh, part of the Christmas story out of the book of Luke. And we're going to start in chapter two, verse one. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with his betrothed wife, Mary, who was with child. And they were there. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And so today we're going to look through the eyes of the shepherd. Are you ready? And there's just some cool things I want to point out, um, some things that I found very interesting. And one of the first things I want to do is contrast the birth of Jesus with the birth of John. And we did this a little bit last week. And we saw in Luke chapter 1 that that all of the relatives and all of the neighbors came out to celebrate with Zechariah and Elizabeth. 
they celebrated when John was born. They celebrated eight days later when they went to the temple to have him circumcised. It was a big celebration among all the family and friends. They were rejoiced with her. I remember having our kids. We couldn't wait to tell everyone. We couldn't wait to show them off. And when people came to the hospital to see Alex when he was born and Mookie and then Allie, you know, you're just gushing. Isn't he perfect? Isn't she beautiful? Look at their little toes. You just could not wait to show them off and and just, you know, gush over how perfect they were. Isn't he perfect? And women, we tell our birth stories. It's just what we do. And so John's birth was just like that. Elizabeth got to share it with everyone. People rejoiced with her. People celebrated with her. It was everybody around. But we see that when Mary gave birth to Jesus, it was different. It was hidden. It was secluded. They were alone in a dark night. They were in a cave, not amongst family and friends. There was no one to help. No one to celebrate, no one to share with, no one to tell. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. That's all. No fanfare. As opposed to what happened when John was born. But then we jump right down to where the shepherds are over in a field, keeping watch over their flock at night. And I think they were probably the only ones awake at that time. In the quiet of the night, when only predators were awake besides these shepherds, because why else would they need to stay awake unless there was something to guard them? They were watching over them, guarding over their flock. In the middle of the night, and the shepherds were alert and awake and available to hear the best news of all time. And so I like to picture that God was so excited about the birth of his son, which happened in this hidden, secluded, dark cave, which is what they used uh, for barns back then to house their animals in at night. And this history tells us that even the manger would have been hewn out of that rock. And so he's probably laying in some rock somewhere in a cave. But God was so excited about the birth of his son that he had to announce it to somebody. He was just looking for someone to tell. I'm sure he was in heaven going, angels, do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? Look, he's born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, my son. And so who did he find? He found the shepherds. He found them awake, alert, attentive, and available. It's not who you would expect an announcement from God to come to. That's not who you would expect to receive the announcement of the mighty Son of God being born. They weren't kings. They weren't priests. They weren't prophets. They weren't rabbis. They were not anyone that anybody would consider spiritual. They were stinky. They were smelly. They were the lowliest of the day. Separated. But they had an honor that no one else that day had. Verse 9 says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The glory of the Lord. The same glory that Moses encountered in the burning bush. It's the same glory that Moses begged to see when he said, show me your glory. And God said, well, you want to see my glory, but I can just cause my goodness to pass before you because no one can see my glory and live. It's the same glory that Moses longed to see. The same glory that filled Solomon's temple where the priests couldn't even stand to minister anymore because the presence of God rolled in there. 
the glory, the manifested presence of God filled those skies. And I'm sure they had to look away. It was so bright. And so sometimes we can read over those words real quick and because they're so familiar to us, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. But let's let that sink in for a minute. They saw with their own eyes and were surrounded by the glory of the Lord and the angel appeared to them. And the Bible says when the angel appeared to them, they were afraid. And the angel's first words to them were, don't be afraid. And I find it very interesting that that was also the angel's first words to Zechariah and to Mary because they were all afraid when they saw angels. And it's interesting that all three who saw the angels were afraid and had to be admonished not to be afraid. But people now say they see angels all the time. Oh, I saw angels. And you kind of blase about it. But I wonder if we actually saw the radiance of the angels come down from heaven, if we wouldn't be just a little bit afraid, a little bit afraid ourselves. So it was first one angel with just the announcement, and then it said there were a multitude of angels, which was likely thousands of angels that filled the sky, praising God, glory to God in the highest. And what are these shepherds thinking? These ones who are not spiritual, these ones who are not uh, taught necessarily in the scripture, what were they thinking? Did they know about Zechariah and Elizabeth? Did they know about the angel that appeared to Zechariah and the miracle of John's birth? Did they hear the rumors of Mary and Joseph and the angel and the the immaculate conception that there was there? Did they know all that? Did they hear all that? We don't know. And yet here they are, the recipients of God's excitement and his announcement of the birth of his son. And I just picture God in heaven going, it's my son. You should go see my son. He's perfect. He's the most perfect little baby boy that was ever born. And when there was no family around to rejoice with Mary and Joseph, when there was no friends around to celebrate with them, God sent someone to celebrate the night, someone to witness it, someone to rejoice with them. Why did he pick the shepherds? There's all kinds of imagery you can draw from this because they were the lowliest and God doesn't have favorites and and you're not disqualified from hearing from God and seeing from God and encountering God and all of these things are true and accurate. But I think he picked the shepherds because they were awake. They were alert. They were attentive. They were available. Everyone else was in their houses asleep, and here we have shepherds keeping watch over their flocks at night, something that nobody else wanted to do, but because they were out there awake, alert, attentive, and available, they got to encounter an honor that nobody else in that day did. And so many in the church today are asleep, distracted, too busy to be bothered, We're so busy and distracted living our best life with our heads buried in our phones or lulled by what we're binging on Netflix that we probably wouldn't even notice an angel if there was one outside the house. And I've been guilty of this just like everybody. I We went on a road trip this summer and I almost missed a beautiful sunset and almost missed some gorgeous mountain scenery that we were passing because I wasn't gazing out the window and admiring the beauty of what was all around me. I was distracted and being present where in my phone. I wasn't being present where I was. I was distracted in my phone. So how did the shepherds change the world? 
They were awake, they were alert, they were attentive, and they were available. They saw the angels, they heard the message, they went to check it out. So they were afraid, and the angels said, don't be afraid, and then they got this great news uh, uh, from the angel, and then they looked at each other when the angels went back to heaven and said, we should go see this. We should go check this out. So they got themselves up and out in the middle of the night to go check it out. This is a big deal. This is something that the Lord showed us. We should go see this. And they did. And they were there to celebrate, rejoice, and witness what just happened for the Lord. Imagine right now that it's 1623, the year 1623. That's right, 400 years ago. That's the last time anyone had heard from the Lord. We have an angel appearing to Zechariah and Elizabeth. We have an angel appearing to Mary. We have angels splitting the sky and revealing themselves to the shepherd. The cry of the Lord Jesus Christ as a baby. This is the first time God has spoken in 400 years. We read over it so fast in the Christmas story, but just imagine, imagine what life would be like godless for 400 years. All they had to hold on to were the words of the prophets from the past. And yet they stayed faithful for 400 years to what God had spoken so that they were awake and alert and attentive and available when God spoke again. And sometimes we get to a place in, in holding on to God where we're frustrated or discouraged because He did speak something, but life doesn't look like when He spoke, and it's been a while since He spoke, and Father, where are you? God, are you here? It hasn't been 400 years. He's still here. You can hold on to what He has said while you're waiting for Him to say something new. Hold on to what he has said. Dig into that word. I hate that meme or graphic on social media that says, you know, if God's not saying anything, it's because the teacher's always quiet during the test. Well, here's the thing about God. He's never quiet if you're reading his word. If he's quiet, open his word and hear what he's saying. He's always speaking in his word. But this is where they were. And, and after 400 years of silence, God spoke. And not just a voice from heaven. He spoke through some spectacular means. He spoke through angels and he spoke through dreams. And he spoke through heavenly hosts to these shepherds. But then verse 17 says, they went and made it known and everyone wondered at it. He's, yes, he spoke through angels and dreams and, and he spoke through a host of angels in the sky. But then he spoke through the shepherds. He spoke through the shepherds as they recounted the story of what happened. And then everyone who heard what they said wondered at it. The word of God keeps moving forward and he keeps speaking forward even now when we open our mouths and share our story. The shepherds spoke and everyone who heard it wondered. And even though they were nobodies, even though they were the lowliest of, of uh, occupations at the time, everyone listened and they wondered at it. 
They listened, not because of who the shepherds were. Who the shepherds were is not what made their words have respect by people and carry weight. Their words in and of themselves because of who they were were not respected and carried no weight. People listened because of the glory. People listened because of the anointing. People listened because of the content. It's not our greatness and our wisdom and our fabulousness that make our words matter. It's the content. It's the message that carries power. And God is still looking for people He can speak through who are awake, alert, attentive, and available. And these ones will change the world simply by telling what they've seen and heard. How did the shepherds change their world? They saw something, and then they told it. They heard something from the angels, and then they shared it. Telling what Jesus has done for us, telling our story, that's all we need to do to change our world. It doesn't have to come through a platform. It doesn't have to come through a microphone. You can share your story with the person sitting next to you at work. It's not you that makes the difference. It's the content of what you're sharing. And when the content of what you're sharing is Jesus and what he's done for you, the anointing will follow it and be planted like a seed into their hearts. Oh, I love the story of the shepherds. They were awake, they were alert, they were attentive, they were available. Father, let that be us this week. Help us to be awake, not sleeping. Not sleeping through what you want to do in this hour. Not sleeping through what you want to say in this hour. Help us to be alert and listening for what you have to say. Help us be attentive to your word and the people around us so that we can be available for you to speak through us wherever and whenever and to whomever you need to. Amen. I'm excited about next week because we're going to look at two of my favorite people in the Christmas story, which are Simeon and Anna. But for now, remember, you're never too old to birth something for God. If you feel hidden and forgotten and unseen, it's not true because God sees you right where you are. Your surrendered yes is all that he needs to use you to change the world. And it's as simple as telling somebody what Jesus has done for you. Share your story. Don't be shy about it. You can do this. Even you, even I can change our world when we just simply tell what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced, what we've encountered of the goodness, the love, and the delivering power of God. It's not you who makes the difference. It's the content of what you say. And when your content is Jesus, He will change everything. Amen. Amen. All right, come back next week. We'll be listening and checking out the lives of Simia and Annan and seeing how they changed the world. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Sisterhood Podcast. Remember, we're all about community here. We weren't meant to do this life alone. So connect. Connect with some girlfriends over coffee or call someone to catch up today. Connect with us on social media at sisterhood.river or join us at one of our gatherings or outings. You are not alone. You have a community of women right here praying for you this week. May God saturate your day 
with His goodness, His joy, and His love. And don't forget, we are better together.